Amen. It feels like it's been forever since being up here. I was counting the weeks last night, but I was like, yeah, it's like three weeks. I was like, no, it's been five. Five weeks. That's been too long. Too long, but it's been a great time this summer. Hey, we've had a lot going on. Street Invaders has been here, and we've been at Caton's. We have done the youth rally. It's been, I don't even know what else happened, but it's been good. I haven't heard anything else that has been good. So we are still on this Crazy Faith series, and this one I do know because we are in week nine of Crazy Faith. It doesn't even feel like week nine. And to be honest, I don't know when it's going to end because it's been so life-giving. I pray it's been life-giving to you. It has been to myself and Brad for sure. I know that. It's been challenging. Hey, it's been challenging. It's been challenging to raise our faith levels. And I think God has been giving us situations where we have to practice our faith. So that's where the challenge is. So it's been good. It's been good. At the beginning of this series, we asked God... Nine weeks ago, we asked God to raise our faith. Give us crazy faith for the things that seem impossible. Crazy faith, if we remember, is having thoughts and actions that lack reason by trusting fully in what we cannot prove. To have faith for things to happen because we believe in the God of miracles. When explanations cannot be given, it's God. And we've seen that this week. We've heard the reports um, through the health situations. We have, and it's awesome. It's been awesome to God is at work. Through all of this talk and having crazy faith, we felt that the next part of our journey of this series of today consists of patience in our faith walk. So we have been talking about, let's go for it. Let's believe. Let's run and jump. And let's go, right? Like we've been like pushing in that. But now we're going, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's have patience in our faith. And that's going to be what I'm talking about today. And this series, or this, uh, this message, I told Brad I didn't want to preach it. I said, can you, can you preach this Sunday? He's like, no. I'm like, I don't want to preach this Sunday. He's like, why? I was like, because this topic hurts. <laughs> He's like, well, then I guess you're preaching it. So he gets the kids. I get this. So the, the, the P word, patience, can be a hard one for all of us to swallow, including myself. So, today's message, we're titling Hasty Faith, which is when we move at a quicker pace than God. Hasty Faith. With this series, we have been talking about this crazy faith in God, but as we do, we need to make sure that we are obedient to what God is asking us to do, whether that's to go for it or to be patient and wait for his will to be done. So there's a story, I was, like, this morning I was, I was like trying to find the picture, and if you stalk me on Facebook, you might be able to find it on one of my albums, but it was a picture of Brad at a pink Jeep. It was a bubblegum pink Jeep, and I was like, that's the Barbie Jeep. It's the Barbie Jeep. And uh, I couldn't find it, and if I find it, I'll post it on my Facebook, just because I want to. But I wanted, there it is, I wanted that pink Barbie Jeep that was fully loaded. Do you remember that, Corbin? Yeah. It was a good Jeep. We were looking for a vehicle because our vehicle, uh, that green car was dead. And I wanted that Jeep. I, w I wanted any Jeep, but when the pink Jeep was there, 
I said, that's the one. God must be speaking to me. Brad, are you hearing God? And he's just like, oh, my gosh, no. And I was like, you aren't hearing clearly. God is speaking so clearly. That is our Jeep. Everyone would know where we are at all times. No, I didn't want that after that. But without checking my bank account or talking to Brad, I could have taken our truck and traded it for the Barbie Jeep. I could have said, God blessed me with this Jeep. I could have said that. I can say that God blessed me, the hot pink Barbie Jeep. But when the bills start coming in and the arguments between Brad and I would begin, I could turn to God, point fingers at him and say, you did this. You did this. Why are we fighting? You blessed me with this pink Jeep and now there's an argument and my bank account is at zero. But did he do this or did I do this? In that moment, we were looking for a new vehicle, and I knew where our finances were, and we were no way that we could afford that Jeep, and I could have. So with that story in mind, we're going to be saying, and we read about 1 Samuel 13, and that's where I want to kind of turn today. And I was wondering, I'm not wondering, we're all going to stand for God's word today. In a second, don't stand yet, in a second. There's a story in 1 Samuel chapter 13, and it's uh, about Saul, who is king, appointed by God, and we have Samuel, who is a prophet, and he appointed Saul to be king. So in this story, we're going to see what happens when we are impatient, and we take matters into our own hands. So now we're going to stand, everyone stand, let's be uncomfortable together. And we're going to read God's word, I think. So, Ashton, you're on it. You're going to click through. Got thumbs up. Perfect. There's going to be parts of the scripture that's underlined. So you can mumble to yourself the scripture, but when it's the underlined parts, I want to hear you. Sound good? Thanks, Graham. All right. Okay. So the Philistines mustered a mighty army of 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and as many warriors as the grains of sand on the seashore. That's freaky. They camped at Michmash, east of Bethaven. The men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in. Good job. And because they were hard-pressed by the enemy, they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, and cisterns. Cisterns? Cisterns. Some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped into the land of Gad and Gilead. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. What's the opposite of faith? Fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier. You guys are great. But Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away, so he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offering. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Just as Saul was finishing with a burnt offering, Saul or Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet and welcome him, but Samuel said, What is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would, and the Philistines are at Michmash ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. 
So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the commands the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, right? If he had just had waited, if he could have just had patience, if he could have been obedient and not lose faith, had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man, which is David, after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. Oh, let's pray. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you that you are speaking through your word. God, through this story that had happened, God, we want to... uh, Uh, dig in and and open it up on what you're saying to us. So Jesus, we ask that you speak clearly today. Speak to our hearts and our minds. God, challenge us where there's areas that we might have to change. And let's have faith to grow more and more. We pray this in your name. Amen. Good job, guys. You may have a seat. It's like interactive theater every Sunday. We could do that. (laughs) So we see here how hasty Saul was. Right? He waited seven days. Look at the clock. It's been seven days. Saul is impatient. And Samuel's like, he's coming. Because he said he'll be there for seven days. And Saul did his own thing. He did his own thing. And he was stressed. He was panicking. He was overly eager and impatient. He saw that his men were scattering. And he made an impromptu decision to sacrifice the burnt offering without Samuel. Patient faith is waiting, even when we can see how to make something happen, but we wait on God's timing. Sometimes we can see it. Just if I could just do that, I can just make that happen. I see how this could work. But if we wait on God's timing, it will work. It will work. And Romans 8.25 tells us that if we look forward to something we don't yet have, We must wait patiently and confidently for it. In 2 Peter 3.8, it tells us not to forget this one thing. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord. A thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. Hey, he's not being slow about his promise. Isaiah speaks on some of those promises. In Isaiah 41.10, don't be afraid. For I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. God promises that he is with you. Hey, God promises a relationship with you. He wants a relationship. He wants to be intimate with you, for he is your God. God promises to strengthen you and to help you. God promises to hold you up and that you have victory over death and sin through Jesus Christ. His promises are real and true. You see, Saul knew God appointed him as king. He knew he's, he, he knew it. He was told it. He knew he, would, he could have victory with God on his side. He knew it. He already knew all of that, but he chose hasty faith. And when those situations arise where you feel like you're in a tough spot or a hard-pressed area, it can be hard. Do we rely on ourselves and cast blame on others and on God when things don't work out? You see that in Saul. 
right? Samuel goes, what did you do? He's like, well, this and them and God blamed others. Do we rely on ourselves and cast blame on others? Or do we rely on God and be patient while he works? In our haste of wanting things fixed, we can move in fixing and doing what we think is best. But are we moving faster than God's timing? Church, I am a very impatient person. I say that not proudly. I am scheduled. I know when to begin, when to end. I can coordinate, and that's just part of what's in my mix. And I thank God for it, but there's also a time where I gotta go, God, you gave me this timing, but God, I need to know your timing. And so in my weight, it can be really hard. I wanna be hasty at times. The funny thing is, excuse me, is that Pink Jeep was a partial true story. We went to the dealership with the hopes to find something within our very low price range as a green tin can of a car was coming to its end. I loved it, but it was tiny and it was, it was dying. And the pink Jeep was there, it was sparkling and it was saying, Caitlin, here I am. I even got a picture with Brad, which I will post. And I was praying for that Jeep when I saw it. Was there a blessing in it or was it all about me? At the end of the day, we found a white Kia SUV, which is fully loaded. And that vehicle, could, that vehicle took care of us and our family, and it was within and lower in our budget. That was God's blessing. Within that, he provided for us. If you know the history of our cars, all our cars die. Every single one dies. <laughs> it just does. But this one did not die. We left it in Prince George, but this one did not die. And we believe it was a blessing from God. God blessed us. Saul, feeling the pressure from the approaching Philistines and the fear in his men, he took matters into his own hands. He was doing a good thing, right? I wanted that Jeep to provide for our family. It was a good thing. Saul wanted to offer a sacrifice to God before a crucial battle. It was a good thing, but he did it in the wrong way. He did it in the wrong way. So, anyone like track and field? Two, three-ish. Some were just stretching because they're tired. Gotcha. When I was in school, I competed in track and field. One area I loved to compete in was the relay race. Loved it. Or the 100-meter sprint, my favorite. And I remember us runners being lined up where we had our feet on the starting blocks and my heart was pounding. And we know what's going to happen, right? We know that they're going to say, on your marks. And we know, get set. And then we know that the gunshot's going to go. And after that gunshot goes, we know that is for us to run to the finish line. We all know that, right? If you didn't, you now know how to track and field running. That is what you know. You see, I, I knew all of that. Anyone watching the races would know that. But there are those random moments where the runners are in their waiting position. They're waiting, they're concentrating, and they're waiting to be told to go. And for whatever reason, there is some runners that leap forward before the gunshot, out of anticipation, out of knowing where they need to go, out of I see the finish line, I could just get there. This is called a false start. And all the training, all the hard work, all the sacrifice, all the previous wins has now ended with a hasty decision, and now they are disqualified for the race. 
we saw the same thing happen to Saul. He jumped the gun. Rather than Saul waiting for a priest, Saul offered the sacrifice himself. And this was against God's law and against the specific instructions of Samuel, which we can read in 1 Samuel 10.8. He says, go down to Gilgal ahead of me. I will join you there to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. You must wait for seven days until I arrive and give you further instruction. Saul had his first instructions, and then he was supposed to wait for Samuel to do the offering and to receive his next instructions, which he did not. Saul felt that he was in a tight spot. It can be difficult to trust God when you feel your resources are slipping away. The enemy wants us to feel that pressure, church. He wants to put that pressure on you. He wants you to do that jump start just a little bit quicker. Do it in your own way. You see it, so why don't you go do it? He wants to put that pressure on you. He wants to distract us and take away our hope, our faith, so we can rely on ourselves and not wait on the Lord. Hey? I remember when Pastor Ken called our pastor, Greg, in Prince George, B.C., before we moved here and asked us, would we consider moving here? And we had to have a lot of patience, patience through that transition and walk it out slowly and praying for God to continue to lead us. Because in the moment, it was like a shocker, right? And the church here also had a transition in that idea too. And we prayed for doors to open and for doors to close, and doors were continually being open. We did not want to act out of hasty faith. But there were days where Brad and I were ready to jump on that plane, leave our house, leave everything behind, and just get here because of all the things that we heard and the anticipation of what we were going to come to. We were ready to just leave it all and go. But there was a time to it where we saw God's timing work. We asked our kids to make a list asking God for something particular to show them that was um, showing them that God was in this move because it wasn't just me and Brad moving here. It was our kids. We're uplifting and uprooting them. And Brad and I felt that our kids needed a say and they needed to know that this was God for themselves. So I'm going to say, Corbin, you wrote down a swimming pool. Sabi wrote down a larger room. Without telling anyone before we moved, the place we would be renting had the larger room and a swimming pool. It's those little things for, at that point, a child that just goes, oh, wow. For us older people, like, oh, sweet. I can get a large room anywhere. I can't really out here. But it was a godsend. And to have a swimming pool, as simple as it may seem, God showed himself real to our kids because we were patient. Before saying, yes, we're coming, it was a whole family decision. Once the date was settled and we booked our flights to move across the country, we would have also needed to quarantine for two weeks. Remember the olden days of that? Which for everyone, there were complications to that plan. Days before we were to move, all restrictions were lifted. All the complications that we were fighting and praying through and on the phone nonstop was no longer needed. Just days. We needed to buy a vehicle. It's all these vehicles topic. We needed to buy a vehicle within the first two weeks of us arriving because we were borrowing one. We even made a wish list. I told Brad, man, if we're coming out here, we're getting something that we want. 
please God. <laughs> that pink Jeep. No, we're getting something that we want. And we prayed, and within two days, we bought our truck, even though most dealerships did not have trucks to sell in 2020. We were driving the highway, and there was a black truck, and Paula was with us. She's like, turn the truck around. <laughs> Jet lag. We'll buy it. <laughs> what are we buying? We bought a truck. God was providing in his time. I share this because we, if, if we were hasty, we could have got on the plane sooner. If we were hasty, if we were rash, if we were overly eager, if we didn't talk to our kids and our parents and the, and the church that we were currently in, if we didn't talk, ruined relationships could have happened. Splits could have happened. But out of our patience, God still made health happen. Back in Prince George, health is still happening. And these things would not have happened if we jumped the gun. The scripture that we rested in when those days were just like, oh God, just, just, just please now. is Jeremiah 29, 11, all of us probably know it, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, church, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And that's what we had to rest in. Wherever we landed, whether it was here or still staying in Prince George, we had to believe and trust in God's timing. Some days, that's all we had as we waited for God's future plans to unravel in front of our eyes, to move across, can move across Canada, yeah, the country in a pandemic. That story to me, that story, that chapter that we lived, is still very fresh in our minds. It's not something that we have forgotten about and we're here and off we go running. We are, but that story, I keep seeing a refreshing or a renewal in that story, and it does include this church in that story, where we have seen God move and bless because we waited on him. The enemy, he so desires to trip us up. The enemy wants to get us in a tight spot. He wants to be hard-pressed on us. He wants us to think we need to take matters into our own hands. But church, faith, or patient faith is waiting on the Lord. Even when we can see, even when the doctor says, this is what we're going to do, yes or no, you can say, I'm just going to wait on that. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to see. Patient faith is waiting even when we see how to make something happen, but we wait for God's timing. And Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on the wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary or be disqualified. They will walk and not faint. Having faith in God is the patient expectation that God will fulfill his promises in his word and strengthen us to rise above life's difficulties. We no longer need to take life's difficulty into our hands, but we can be confident in our loving Father and say, here you go. I trust in you. I wasn't going to share this story. People were saying, yeah, you're good. It could, it could be good. Because most of you know the journey I'm currently on. But... I'll ask you all, have you ever felt being in a tight place before? Hands, tight place? Yeah. Whether it's now or you felt it, or being uh, hard pressed. So I'm in my ninth month of chronic pain. And I say that not to blow my trumpet or look at Kate, I'm not saying that. Instead, I'm, it's a bit of a testimony that I want to share of a, just a chapter of my life. And I'm waiting to be fully diagnosed by a doctor this month. 
but with previous reports from other medical staff from having one herniated disc, I now have two herniated discs, which affects my leg, which is this one, because I do not have feeling in it. I can walk on it, but I have no feeling. And if I have feeling, it's just pain. That's my leg. And I say it because I find myself in a tight spot and I'm hard pressed at times. Faith asked me the other day, how are you doing? And I'm going, well, today's been a good day, but don't come to my house right now because I don't know what, I'm gonna, what tomorrow's gonna be like, something along those lines, right? Where I wanna be hasty in my faith and just start where I left off with my running and hiking and being active. And I argue at times with myself, where is my faith? As a pastor, <laughs> that's like pressure, right? I feel that pressure. Where is my faith? Why, why can't I be like, God healed me and he can heal you, let's pray. But I'm still walking with this. And I battle with that on and off with myself. I even had someone say to me, go for your run. You'll be healed when you run. I went, you see what I can do with walking? <laughs> is that my faith? Right? Then I battle that. Maybe I'm supposed to against doctor's orders, which I don't recommend. But I believe that God did not tell me that. I believe that God did not say, go for a run. And I'm open to being wrong. <laughs> but I believe that God has not told me that. And there has been nothing physical from what I can remember to cause this injury. It wasn't like I bent over and then it happened. It was within a week and just every day something happened. And so that makes me a little bit more crazy in my mind sometimes going, what did I do to cause this? You may have moments like this for you guys where you're going, I don't know what I did to cause this, whatever you may be going through. What is this? But through all this, I want to encourage you that God is telling me, which I pray that he's telling you, just wait and see. Just wait and see. Be patient because at the end of the road is gonna be victorious. Just like you go through that track and you're running your 100 meter sprint, the end is victorious. Do not jump out before that gunshot. Don't get disqualified. Let's go when we're told to go. Let's stop when we're told to stop and let's listen. Because out of that, God gets the glory and then amazing testimonies will come. I believe that. A couple months ago, I felt like I couldn't take the pain anymore and through prayer, I felt and I believe I felt God's touch down my spine. I felt the warm oil drip down my spine. Did I get healed? No. Was I expecting it? Yes. But did I get healed? No. But in that moment, I felt God saying, I'm here, just be patient. The church, I'm saying, he is here. Be patient. He is here. Be patient. In your physical in your mental, whatever you're going through, maybe it's family, maybe it's finances, he is here, be patient. More recently, I'm asking Jesus now, I wish I did in the beginning. I was like, oh, I hope I didn't waste time. I'm asking Jesus to open my eyes. Who are you bringing to me? And when we went to Soul Fest, I can't tell you how many people, because we had to walk from the campsite to the arena and back, how many people stopped, because some had golf carts, <laughs> and asked if I needed a ride, and I said, no, I'm good. But it striked a conversation. And then how many people out of nowhere had leg problems that I came in contact with? 
And I'm going, Jesus, you are good. You are good. Let's pray. <clears throat> and we would pray. I don't, I, I, I don't know if they're healed or not, but I, I just believe in God's faithfulness. I, was, I had a ticket to sit in the benches um, instead of standing, which was, I was grateful for. But when I went up there, it was all the sick and all the ailing, like on oxygen tanks and, and other things. And I went in crutches, and I'm going, wow, I feel like we need to just like come together and just pray over the benches, right? And when God opens your eyes, it's up to us to be obedient, to wait in his presence. So let's rest in Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I thank God that he's a good God. I thank God that he's providing. I thank God that he is providing for this church. I thank God for each and every one of you who've come and continue to come and love this place and love the community. I thank God with everything, even through the days where I'm going, ugh, right? Thank you, Trevor. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank you for all he has done. Then we will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. No more tight spots. No more being pressed down because we are guarded. He will guard us. Isn't that good? We can have faith in that. So I have faith for healing, however it may look. However it may look. Whether I'm running 10K or if I'm on a surgeon's table, I have faith for healing, however it may look. And someone that I follow on Instagram, his name is Ian Simkin, said, it's strange to me how often I'm tempted to trust God with my eternity, but not my present. Church, we can know and trust God for our present in our everyday situations, right here, right now. We know what eternity is going to look like, so let's trust him now in our everything. So, as I finish up, how, I wanted to share this part, what do we do as we wait? Do we twiddle our thumbs? We can, but don't. Keep serving. Keep being involved. Keep loving people. Keep loving God. And look to what Jesus did. And how did he do it? And Jesus says, oh, sorry, number one, go to God's word. Matthew 4, 1, Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert, into the wilderness to be tempted. There by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. Jesus would face temptation. Satan came and tempted him. If you are the son of God, then turn these stones into bread. Eat something. Feed yourself. You're starving, man. Eat your food. Don't be dumb. Jesus was in a tight spot. Satan continued tempting. If you're the son of God, jump off the highest point of the temple and let your angels save you. Let them protect you. Command them to do whatever you want. Jesus was in a tight spot. Satan then tempts and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. That could be hit. That could be yours, he says to Jesus. Only if you worship me. Jesus was in a tight spot. He was thirsty, hungry, weak, malnourished. Not like for us, for our physical body, we probably wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing too good. Right? He could have taken matters into his own hands. Instead, he quoted scripture because when we are weak, our God is strong. And the enemy fled. 
Jesus was all about his father's business, just as we should be all about our father's business. Number two is be in prayer. Jesus was in a tight spot in the garden. Matthew 26, 39, Jesus went on a little, went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Who has ever prayed that? God, just take it away from me. I don't want it. Yet, I want your will be done, not mine. Jesus prayed, and he was in a conversation with God the Father. He's in a relationship with him, but still wanting to do his will. And number three is be obedient. In all the tight spots that Jesus found himself in, he could have took matters into his own hands, but didn't because he wanted God's will. If he did, this would look a lot different, right? We can look to Jesus and see how he lived and follow and live by example. Church, all we gotta do, what does God's word say? Be in prayer and listen and obey, Hey, Listen and obey. Let's stand together, hey, as I, let's pray. So out of all our messages, all the crazy faith talk, all the let's go, let's go, let's go. That's why I was like, oh, this, wasn't a, this one isn't a let's go, let's go, let's go. This one's a just wait and be patient. And I think for me, myself, I'm on that journey to wait and to be patient. And there may be many of you on that journey where we need to be patient. And there may be some of us who are through different sicknesses and ailments too. Where we're going, why? God, why? Well, first of all, God didn't give it to you. God did not give it to you. God did not give it to you. Okay? Know that. God did not give it to you. We have a loving Father. And we may never know the why, but we do have a God who heals. And so I want to pray for healing today. Is that all right? Pray for healing. It doesn't have to be all weird and crazy. I just want to pray a prayer. And if anyone, I just put this other, if anyone else wants to pray a prayer of healing, this mic is open. But I want to pray here. And if you want to pray, just let me know after I'm done praying. But if you're here today and you are facing anything in your life, in your body, so let's do physical. If there's things physically in your body, with all eyes closed, if you are if you feel pain or any of the sort, you, you know if this is you, can you just raise your hand to Jesus and say, here I am. Here I am, Jesus. I experience this. I experience this pain or, or whatever it may be, God. And today, I lay it at your feet. It's not from you and I lay it at your feet. Jesus, today I ask for healing in the name of Jesus to touch our bodies. We thank you, Lord, that you are a loving and curing God, that you cure us from disease. By your stripes, we are healed. We claim that in the name of Jesus. Just lay it down at his feet, church. If that's you, just see yourself laying it down at his feet. If you're here and it's, say it's a mental, maybe there's anxiety, maybe there's depression, maybe there's panic attacks. Yeah, panic attacks. If that's you, can you just raise your hand to Jesus and say, here I am. Here I am. Here I am, Jesus. 
This is freaky for me to raise my hand right now, but here I am. God, I ask for healing in the name of Jesus to protect our minds, to protect our minds and our hearts, to protect our eyes. Take away all depression and panic attacks. I pray that in the name of Jesus for healing. We thank you, Lord, that you are a good God. We thank you, Jesus, that you want to touch our bodies. And I also want to pray that if there's things in our lives and situations in our lives where we're praying for and we just have not seen uh, fulfillment or, or not sure what our next steps are, if that's you, can you lift your hands to Jesus and say, here I am, Jesus. God, I pray for answers. I pray for a peace of mind. I pray for calmness. And God, we thank you that you give um, our direction, that you, you, you lead us that you're the light of the world and we can follow your light, God, as you pointed in the steps that we need to take. And we thank you, Lord, that you are going to guide and lead with divine and, and wisdom through all of this, whether it's through us individually that you're going to give it to us or someone that's going to speak it to someone. God, we thank you that it's all, we want to have it all God-ordained in your will. We pray that in your name. We thank you, Jesus. I want to open the mic for a second. Is anyone that want to pray a prayer? Healing, if you feel that in you. Uh, this morning when I came, I felt that we should pray for Kate. Um, I'd like you to come down. Anyone that believes in prayer, we want you to come forward. We're going to just lay our hands on her and pray. Uh, we just touch it. I don't know what's going to happen, but we're going we're gonna to pray a word of, of faith, believing that God can do work. Father, we, we come to you this morning, Lord, not begging because you are our Father. We just need to ask. And so, Father, we just ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would touch Pastor Kate, Lord. Lord, you, you see the pain, you see the agony. Lord, we know that you can heal. And Lord, we just come to you praying the prayer of faith. Lord, we believe that the prayer of faith uh, can do mighty things. So together we believe, Lord, Lord, for healing. And Lord, we just believe, Lord, that um, your hand can do great and mighty things. And, and you have... Uh, a specific purpose for this, Lord. We don't know what it is, but you know, Lord. So, Lord, we just pray in Jesus' name that you would do that work and you would touch that back, you would touch those, that leg, Lord, those nerves. They would be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Everyone, anyone else? <laughs> not not for me, but anyone else? It's good. Cool. I received that. Well, church, I want to pray a blessing over us as we go. I want this to be encouraging. We live we live a life. We know what it's like. There's struggles and there's joys. It's all of it. But through it all, God is still good, and I believe that He makes things that are seeming unfair for good. If we follow his will, he'll turn it around. And there's stories and testimonies and goodness out of it all. So Jesus, we thank you, Lord.
We thank you, Jesus, that you are, I always will say it, you are a good God. And today I pray a blessing over, one, over everyone here today as we go. God, I pray that you give them moments where they can just, they know, they know, they know that they're feeling your presence, that you're walking with them and, and everything that they do, work, at home, driving, wherever they go, God. I pray a blessing of also protection, keep them safe. But Jesus, I ask that you give them a faith level like no other. God, let this be a church where our faith rises so high that we will see the impossible possible and we will have that, that uh, reputation here in this community where people will be drawn here because of your goodness. God, we believe for healings. We believe for your touch. We believe for the miraculous to be. And we give out you all the glory. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen, church. Well, be blessed as you go. Thursday night, we're here at 6.30. We'll worship and pray, and whatever else will happen will be great. And then our house next Sunday, 6 o'clock, I think. 6 o'clock, thanks. Okay. <laughs>